Hello, my name is Brandon Kiesling, and I serve as Associate Pastor at First Baptist Church, O'Fallon, Missouri. And we want to welcome you to an event that we're putting on on March 11th, 2023, called the Church Security Essentials Conference. And we've invited the Church Safety Guys team, uh, Mike Scully and James McGarvey and others, to be able to come with their expertise to be able to uh, cover a number of topics related to church safety and security, from building a team from the ground up to equipping them to be able to serve de-escalation tactics and even working with local law enforcement in critical events. This will be a, a one-day conference that you will be equipped and encouraged to be able to go back to your church and operate with excellence in the days ahead. And we price this at a, a very good price point that you can bring uh, the church leadership as well as any volunteer that serves on your team and you can find all the information including scheduling and bios of the speakers as well as the pricing and registration uh, on our website which is firstofallon.com forward slash church safety. We hope that you can come and participate in this amazing event and again that it will be an encouragement to you in the days ahead. God bless. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by Vigilant Impact. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations. With your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Hello and welcome to the Church Safety and Security broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I'm James and once again joined by my co-host Mike. What's up, sir? <laughs> I am exhausted and running on fumes. There you but go. How are you? <laughs> it happens sometimes. I get it. I think we'll actually even talk about that at some point in uh, tonight's topic too. We might. Uh, yeah, I think it's in there. So uh, we we wanted to talk about leadership and and of course the ministry life cycle and that was I think one of the most we did a, a, a recent poll in some of the groups and that was one of the the most requested topic and um, I think uh, I think it's it's well suited uh, we have a few great resources out on that so um, we will we will definitely get into that but. But yeah, absolutely. Today, it, you know, today was good. Um, for those of you that don't uh, that don't know, uh, I am actually part of a church plant, and um, we we actually had. And I, I don't think I've told this story yet, but uh, I will certainly condense it for sake of time because it it took about eight months. We were looking at a building um, to move into and share. Uh, and that actually fell through. We were actually supposed to move in the beginning of January. And, um, we have been meeting in a library, which has been fantastic. You know, God's blessed us with the space. Uh, we're a nonprofit, so we don't have to pay rent for, for this brand new library, brand new facility. And, uh, you know, like I said, God has really blessed us with it, but we, we want our own building and we want to get into the community and, and that sort of thing. 
And so um, we were trying to get this building and we, you know, God was opening doors. We thought this was great. And then all of a sudden we were supposed to do, I think the first Sunday in February was going to be our first service. And, um, you know, about, I think two weeks ago, uh, the elder board um, had to meet and we basically, we all prayed, prayed and fasted about it. And we were like, you know what? this isn't going to work. Um, just a bunch of things came up, bunch of red flags. And we were like, no, we just don't, we don't feel like God wants us to do this anymore. So we ended up basically going back to the library. Well, this weekend is, is, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Weekend. Tomorrow's a federal holiday. And so we had scheduled yesterday, um, or today rather we had scheduled to use the library for our service as usual. And the library reached out to us and they're like, you know what? We are so sorry. We had a snafu with our website and, and what um, we weren't paying attention. We didn't realize that it was a federal holiday. We're actually closed. So literally a week before <laughs> today, they're like, um, you can't use the library. Your church can't meet here because there's nothing like the library is closed. And that was one of the reasons, the other reasons we were going back to the, the other building was because every federal holiday, the library is closed like the Sunday before. So we have to deal with that. So, um, long story short, this, uh, this guy, um, another local church planner knows my pastor. They were talking about this building. He had called him to ask him about the old building that we were working on. And, um, uh, the guy said, well, look, call me back if this falls through. Like if you all decide this isn't what God wants you to do, call me back. And so um, he he was like, I I'll call him. So he called him back, this pastor back. And the pastor said, I have this church building. Um, it's I think it's 10 miles from where you guys are looking at, like the general radius of of your church and he said anytime that you guys want to use our building you're welcome to do it rent free it's yours come use it and so we we're just blown away we're like oh, oh my goodness so today was that like we we're like oh by the way <laughs> can we use it in a week and the guy was the pastor was like absolutely you're welcome to so today was the first day of actually being in a church building. The building is amazing. I mean, it's literally everything we could have wanted uh, in a building. And um, it was just an amazing blessing, amazing worship. Everything went very well, uh, you know, a great service. And so it was very refreshing to just, you know, it's, it's one of those Sundays where you walk away and you're like, you know what, God was really in that. And I know God was in that because everything couldn't have gone any better. So as tired as I am and looking forward to the day off tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to actually have, you know, a, a day where um, just everything was on point and, you know, and everything went well. And, you know, we don't know, we don't know what, what the future is looking at, but we, um, we were all talking and, you know, I guess I was showing my age cause I don't know if you remember, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman and he's a, a Christian music artist. And so back in the nineties, I used to listen to him all the time and I made the comment, he had a, a an album, an album, right? <laughs> he had a CD or a tape called the great adventure. And I played that thing to death. I literally broke it and had to go buy a new one because I listened to it so much. Um, but one of the songs on that is, uh, about, uh, Cortez coming to the United States and historically him telling everyone to burn the ships because they're there. They took the wood from the ships and built, you know, built a town, but the, his whole purpose behind it was, you know, let's dig in, you know, let's, let's motivate. Let's, we're not going back. We're here. You know, he was so tired of, and he was trying to build morale. He was so tired of people complaining about what they could have back, you know, in Europe. And so he was like, no, we're done. We're here. Let's do it. And so I made the comment when we were discussing all of this as a leadership team, I made the comment, uh, burn the ships and everybody stopped and looked at me and they're like, what? <laughs> and I said, 
burn the ships. We're here. Like we're at the library instead of, because it, you know, and, and I wouldn't trade the last eight months for anything, but spending the eight months, I just felt like, and, and we all agreed that we think sometimes Satan can kind of like suck us into things. And we were like spending so much time trying to figure out how in eight months this building would work for us that we weren't in the community doing stuff because we were trying to get the building to be in the community, if that makes sense, versus being at the library where we're like, you know what, we are winning. So like we've had two or three individuals in the last eight months come to know Christ and be baptized being in the library. Like literally people walk in and they're like, oh, hey, you guys are a church. That's cool. What are you about? You know, we don't even literally have to go out. People come to us. And so (laughs) at that point, I'm like, okay, so we're here. We're saying we're going to be in the library as long as God allows it. So you know what? Let's let's dig in. Let's make it happen in the community and start focusing on that instead of worrying about the actual building. Yep. And everybody was kind of like, hey, that makes sense. And of course, the younger people that have no idea who Stephen Curtis Chapman are. <laughs> I was just going to say, have you you didn't vet anything from tonight's topic off of your kids? <laughs> No, it's, so. I know, I know the reference. I know others, and I mean, even the burn the ships reference is certainly brought about more modern uh, as well. And I'm gonna blank on oh, for king and country has yeah. their song that, that incorporates that similar phrase. But yeah, I mean, it, it's I mean, praise God that you had the day that you did. Um, I think we all need one of those every once Absolutely. in a while to remind ourselves of why we do this. Not that obviously God first and and that is the ultimate reminder, but sometimes we need the operational reminder. We need the visible reminder. We need this side of heaven's reminder that, hey, this is why we do this. For sure. And that's, I mean, that's definitely, that's, that's definitely what it was. I mean, we had even and everybody's always so concerned, you know, we switch locations. Okay. What's going to happen? you know, in that sort of thing. And we had visitors today. Um, we were able to minister to a family that really needed it. Um, and again, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just a great day and, um, you know, that's, that's one of those things that you're absolutely right. I think oftentimes, um, it's easy to forget, but we, we need to step back and be able to say, okay, this is, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And this, this is how the day is going to go. And, uh, it was almost kind of like when you get that, that day off, you know, from leading your team and you know, everything's yep. good, everything's under control and you can go sit in the sanctuary and, <laughs> and then you still get a phone call anyway. <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't get the phone call today, so That's I guess good. that was good. <laughs> that matters. And like I said, it, it it's all very illustrative of what we'll kind of talk about a little bit here tonight. Um, but I think in the meantime, I think it's good to unpack a little bit more from a, why we went here, leadership in general, really why it's so important uh, to any organization. I mean, when you're dealing with leadership, you're, you're really saying, I mean, it's everywhere. Leadership is really mostly about leading a set of people, motivating them around a common goal. And that's what ministry is as well, is that you're, you're really doing that. So ministry requires that leadership. And we can talk more about that in a bit, but I figure we'd uh, um, uncover some of the, the, the four pillars that we talk about with the book. And we have a short video clip that we can run with that as a foundation. Absolutely. So we, we came out with, um, the, uh, four pillars of church safety and security. This is what the book looks like. And, uh, this book was actually composed from, uh, Mike and Mike and I's message at a conference this past year. And, uh, you know, we, went through a bunch of things and somebody came up to us and I am sure you've heard Mike tell the story, but someone came up to us and was like, Hey, where can I, where can I buy? Cause we had our table of books and they're like, Hey, where can I buy what you guys talked about tonight and today? And we're like, uh, <laughs> we don't have it. Well, it should be in a book. So 
um, on the flight home, um, I started writing and, uh, and had to take a couple other fr- flights and, and within a few weeks we had had that together and yep. then released it. And it actually released in, in the number one, uh, release for church resources. And you guys kept it at, uh, at number one for almost two weeks. Uh, and in the, certainly in the top 10 mm-hmm. bestsellers of Amazon and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, um, so basically what that comprises of or is comprised of is the idea that um, we have the four pillars, which is ministry first, engaged leadership, operational excellence, and always training. And ministry first, everything, you know, everything filters through that. That's that's the ideology. That's the point that uh, ministry complements the vision and mission of the church and then engaged leadership it's not you know you're not just standing a post you're there you're discipling you're leading you're working uh interactively with the folks that you serve um and then certainly operational excellence we we have a standard right we want to be the as best prepared as we can for any situation but the operational excellence means that we always want to put our best foot forward you know for the for the success of the ministry with the church, but also to, you know, reach, reach people for, uh, Jesus Christ, which is the purpose of the church in the community. And so, um, and then just wrapping, wrapping that up, always training, um, you know, we've always had that motto as long as we've been doing the church safety guys. And that's really just, you know, biblically or, tangibly or physically, you know, mentally, spiritually, you, you never stop learning. We never stop learning and never stop, um, should never stop learning with the, the attitude that there's always something new that, you know, that we can learn from. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I learn stuff every Sunday, you know, and I'm in different roles, uh, at my, my current church and, um, roles I've never been in. And that's, uh, definitely a, an encouragement for me, but that gives me the opportunity to learn new things and how safety can help that and right. how we can, uh, support, support the mission of the church as well. So, uh, but yeah, we have a video kind of talking a little bit more about that. So I'll key that up here. And uh, that's just a few minutes uh, from our uh, friend, Brandon in O'Fallon. Hello, my name is Brandon Kiesling and I serve as an associate pastor at First Baptist Church, O'Fallon, Missouri. And one of my responsibilities here at the church is to oversee the general safety and security of all things happening on our campus. And the privilege that I get with that responsibility is to pour into a team of volunteers that literally have a wide range of skill sets and backgrounds from the person that's an active military or first responder uh, to uh, the person that has uh, just a volunteer and a a heart to serve in this type of a team. And as a leader of this team, I have to look at the entire team and try to equip them where they're at. I've come across an organization recently called the Church Safety Guys that I absolutely love their heartbeat for this type of a ministry uh, because the the focus point of them uh, in, in all their equipping is to make a ministry first mindset. And, uh, and so uh, James McGarvey, Mike Scully, and others have really poured in their hearts into this ministry to be able to create a number of resources, podcasts, and books that uh, will help you equip your teams in safety and security. One of the newest ones they put out is a book called Four Pillars of Church Safety and Security, which really overviews the four core elements that any safety team should have instilled in their DNA of every team member. And I'm going, I picked up this resource recently. I've read it myself and I've actually picked up a resource for every single one of my team members because the way that I'm going to use this resource is in 2023, we're going to have a quarterly meeting uh, training session where we're going to unpack each one of these four pillars. And then of course it comes also with a workbook that they've written that comes alongside it that gives 
the biblical value, the biblical foundation for each of these pillars. And so we're going to work through it as a team. And we're going to, in the year 2023, really try to equip them to be ministry mindset first, to have operational excellence, to have really develop the leaders on our team, and, and to make sure that everything we do is done uh, at top notch by training continually. And so my hope and prayer for you is that you would take these resources, that you would read them personally as a leader, and that you may consider buying one for each one of your team members and taking them through this study as well. Uh, because we as leaders, again, are to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so this is a valuable resource that you can use as you equip those in your, on your teams uh, in 2023. I hope you'll take advantage of that and other resources. You can find this on the Church Safety Guys website or on Amazon.com. Buy a copy of it, and uh, we hope that you'll be blessed by it in the coming year. Thank you so much. Your uh, your mic is is there. there we go. go. <laughs> I, I was saying I love that video and and thank you, Brendan, for for putting that together. Uh, really hope that uh, that sows into your team uh, throughout this year. Look forward to meeting you in a couple of months. Uh, but it really, I felt like that was a good foundational element to uh, this leadership topic that everybody's looking on. Is you have to have a solid foundation. You have to make sure you're building on solid ground. So, starting with the four pillars really is kind of your your opportunity to say, or as Brandon calls it, part of the DNA of your team. But let's unpack leadership a bit more. So, different words that people throw out there as associated with leadership: transparency, competency commitment, courage, candor, confidence, creativity, communication, collaboration, culture, humility, and learning from your failures. So leadership is a lot of things to a lot of people. But at the end of the day, it's not just about the person who's running your team. It's in all of us. So whether you're leading that team or you're not, you have an opportunity to lead by example, to lead with the the way that you conduct yourself as part of that team. So it's important. And this topic applies to everybody, not just the one who may have the title um, next to it. Speaking of our, our best leaders, best leaders are those that are proactive, not just reactive. I think the nature of being in a response type ministry, we can get very much uh, reactive in the sense we're sure. waiting for something to happen, but it requires a intentional effort to get ahead of things to actually be proactive and say, what am I going to invest myself in? What do I need to, uh, what people do I need to surround myself with so that I can be better? And what tools do I need to obtain to help uh, make the team a success? So investing in that, making sure you don't just rest back, it's so easy to do, but that you're, that you're moving into it um, on a continual basis. And, and I think too, I'll, I'll just jump in here real quick. I, I think you're spot on. And I think, um, I think we've all done that. We've all gotten to a point. I know I have. So, you know, what, when we're, when we're talking about this topic, we're not, you know, we're not trying to, to point fingers or anything like that. I mean, we're just talking about it and right. pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses. And I know, um, there have been times where I've sat back and I've said, okay, you know what, everything, and you take that, you know, that long breath and you're like, everything's running, <laughs> everything's running the way it should. I'm not worried about it. We're doing good. And as soon as you do that, I mean, yes, it's nice to kind of take that, that breath and inhale. But as soon as you do that, oftentimes things come along that you just weren't, weren't ready for or weren't prepared for. And so I think honestly, and I've said this before on, on past you know, on past broadcasts, I think church safety and security is probably one of the hardest ministries out there. And I, I mean, we both have been involved in many different ministries within the, within the church. And I think that part of the reason that I say that is because, 
um, there's always something, there's always something that you can be working on where other ministries, they're important. Don't get me wrong. And they're detailed, but you know, when you develop that pattern and that rhythm, like with the kids ministry, you know, you know, every Sunday or every Wednesday, this is what we're going to do. There's a playbook. You follow the playbook, that playbook repeats usually on the school year or something like that. Whereas, you know, safety and security is, it's never like that. You know, every Sunday that you walk into church, you get a new, it's a brand new day. You don't know what's going to happen and you have to be prepared for the unknown. And you have those tools and you bring those to, to try to apply that normalcy, if you will. But the unknown certainly does come there. I mean, I know from my time um, on a worship team, that's a lot of work too. You're practicing yeah. you're, in a way there's training there as well, but at the same point, the, the you're doing short of, Hey, some musician or your leader itself didn't show up that day because they were sick. That's the biggest variable you have in the, in that ministry for the sure. most part. Um, so you're really adjusting from there. Whereas in the safety and security, you're right. It's, it's full of variables. And while we look through a common lens, approach it with common training and uh, skill sets, there's still so much that can happen. And even in the kids side of things, typically when something uh, goes sideways in a kid's ministry, well, the safety team is brought in because it's either uh, somebody, it's, it's not just something that maybe is a sickness, but it's something that maybe is bigger. Okay. So whether it's a fire drill or whether it's first aid or any number of things that need to get involved or whether, whether it's just a, a loud parent that wants to uh, perhaps collect their kid without a ticket. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've seen that and we've heard people talk about that in the groups too. So, so much there, but um, really want to diving into the uh ministry life cycle, and that is inspire, influence, impact. Really, where did that come from? And really back up for, for folks who aren't familiar with this, may not have seen us talk about it in the past, is really it was an attempt to apply modern consulting ideals and strategies to a volunteer ministry leadership. So all of those things together, it's really applying that modern consulting leadership principles to a volunteer organization because that's different than a paid organization. And so right. you're, you're, you're looking at what strategies do you have? You're also looking at the fact that in ministry, very often the folks that are, are tasked or tapped on the shoulder to lead that may not have had a whole lot of practice, may not sure. have had a whole lot of experience specifically building in those leadership traits and qualities for them. So the idea was that they, these people need a tool alongside them as a framework for success. So come back to success. Again, one of the pillars within the four pillars we talked about in that video uncovered. So all of these kind of are intertwined and, and feed off of each other. But the idea is once you have that foundation and you build off of that, now you have a framework by which you can operate your team. Well, and when you start noticing, and I mean, Mike, Mike and I have been in this for a long time and we've, we've seen trends with different churches that we've talked to. We've seen trends in our own churches. And I think honestly, with the ministry life cycle, before we got to that point, um, honestly, I mean, there were things that were happening on my, on my team that I was like, what in the world? Like, how do we, how do we address this, you know, and starting to, to try and pull things in from uh, a structural framework, you know, perspective to say, Hey, okay, wait a second, this isn't working. Let's try this. We've got to create a, a winning combination here. And realistically, I mean, the other piece of church safety is that a lot of times, you know, churches will invest uh, quite a bit of resources, quite a bit of money into training someone. And so if we're not understanding and, you know, I spent almost 15 years in, in retail and management. And so, um, I would go through, you know, a lot of situations where we would invest in, in someone. So for example, I was in charge of hiring for target for seasonal fourth quarter for Christmas and every single person that we would hire, every part-time seasonal person 
we, when we calculated it up, we would spend almost $23,000 per person training that individual to get them to turn around two days after they started and walk out and quit. And so, you know, I was actually, it's kind of funny. I was actually part of a, a think think tank for target where we sat down and said, okay, how can we stop this? Because we just spent, you know, uh, over a hundred thousand dollars training these, these people, these four people, and they got up and walked out. So again, bringing some of those leadership principles back in and, and putting them in a church setting and looking at, okay, this is a biblical principle. You know, we, we've, used the foundation of servant leadership and tied into the other aspects of, you know, the, uh, the six aspects of the, the ministry life cycle. And when we look at that, we see, okay, you know what, if we invest and we follow this pattern and we follow this framework, then regardless of the individual's differences, regardless of the generational background or cultural background, we can connect with this individual at some point we can connect with them. And not only are we discipling and engaging with them, but we're also uh, securing the, the investment and the value that we've put into them to train them to serve and, and to uh, go above and beyond with some of these external first responder type responsibilities. Yep. And, and originally, uh, for those that have, have been following all along, we originally decided to put out our uh, the, the book as Engage, Train, Retain. Um, so that was out for a little bit. But we realized that with our subhead, which was Inspire, Influence, Impact, it was more foundational. It was more outcome driven. And, and Engage, Train, Retain were, in fact, parts uh, uh, of the life cycle itself. But they, the life cycle was bigger than, than just that. And we wanted to make sure that people understood that it wasn't just the three that we were talking about in that book. In fact, we've, we've covered each of them um, in their own book. And you can see kind of right above my shoulder here uh, some of the different books that we have, uh, talking, starting with the servant leadership, going to uh, vision and equip and engage or engage and equip. We'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about that here in a second. But really, we wanted to go to the outcome, the, the fact that it wasn't meant to inspire the leader. It was meant to in, help you be the right kind of influencer to your team and ultimately to bring about an impact on your team and the church, um, that that's the reason why you're there, the reason why you serve in that ministry. So we re-released it as the Inspire Influence Impact, and that's the, the yellow book that you see over my shoulder right here. Um, and so that, that has been what's out there and thank you, James <laughs> on, on cue, we didn't rehearse that or anything, um, but it's, it's, it's good to have it essentially for that. So many church safety and security teams there, they show up on Sunday mornings and they wing it. They figure it out when they get there and they never really rise above the kind of, okay, yeah, I'm kind of doing this security thing but, or this safety thing, or I have these duties, but not really taking it super seriously or, or really getting into it that much. So right. this framework was really designed to show that leadership of volunteers, it's bigger and more important than just showing up on Sunday mornings that, and it's not just about the weekdays or Sunday or one versus the other. It literally is the whole picture. And the idea that running a team, being a leader of a team requires investing in those team members outside of Sunday mornings. So yes, Sunday is the show. Sunday is the the the, the game. Sunday is the any metaphor that you want to inject there. Um, uh, certainly not belittling it in any way from a fact that it's it's our gathering point. It's what we're called to do. But from our operations perspective, that's when we're we're all in. Okay. And right. but there are there is more beyond that than Sunday morning. So again this the 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 ministry life cycle um, is a concept that's that framework that's really designed to take the four pillars and even though we wrote four pillars after we realized how foundational this really was and James talked about it a little bit earlier is in the sense that that ministry first is 
really a positive abundance mindset is you, you have hungry humbleness. You have a servant's heart. You're serving with gratitude and appreciation for the folks that are working with you. That's building on that foundational pillar. So having volunteers on your team have is solid ground. That servant's heart is solid ground. Now you incorporate engaging those teams. We talk about engaging your team beyond Sunday mornings. Well, again, that's that's the importance both of operational excellence, again, one of our pillars, but it really goes beyond that and saying, okay, these people are committing and giving of their time to serve the church, to serve in this ministry. And you want to make sure that you're you're treating them well. And so that that is uncovered and unpacked a bit more in the life cycle itself. And finally, the always training is embedded directly uh, as a, a step within the life cycle. So we have train because that's how important it is. Um, and that really leads to an acronym, I think, uh, James, that, that you shared and, and that I love. And so many people have commented of uh, getting fat. And I'll let you uncover that. <laughs> sure. So faithful, available, and and teachable. And uh, honestly, I read that years ago somewhere, and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember. Somebody gave me a book to read. I think, and um, uh, it might have been when I I graduated. I graduated with my master's degree. I think somebody gave me a book, and um, so I was reading it, and. Um, but, you know, faithful, you know, the, the individual is regularly attending, uh, available, you know, they're, they're invested and you can tell if someone's invested or not in, in serving, you know, do they show up on time? Are they ready to go? Are they prepared? Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to take advantage of that person, but what is their response when, you know, they, they don't clock out exactly at 1205 when the service is over, you know, they're oftentimes, you know, we'll, I'll have the conversation with individuals serving and, and I'll say, you know what, we're the, the first to get there and the last to leave. So don't just walk away and leave, make sure that you're, you know, everything is good. Check in with your, your supervi supervisor for the day before you just walk away because something could be going on that you just don't know about. Um, so really how available are they? How, how much are they embracing that culture and then teachable or trainable? Um, realistically, you know, you can teach someone anything. And, um, oftentimes, you know, we'll, we'll get, get this question. We've talked about this on the broadcast before, but we'll get this question where somebody will say, you know, wouldn't you want like a, you know, army ranger to be, you know, the, the, the director and the person in charge, or, or maybe this police officer that's been, or public safety person that's been there for 30 years. Well, that experience is great. But again, how, how well do they know the church? How well do they know ministry? How well are they um, looking at their team from a ministry first, from a, a church, uh, you know, aspect? Because oftentimes I would rather take someone that is, has absolutely no public safety experience whatsoever and, but is grace, you know, graceful and knows how to minister to people and has a heart for, or is passionate for protecting people and keeping people safe and doing the right thing. Uh, because that's not stuff that I can, I can't teach someone character, right? But if they come to me with character and not with the tangible public safety things now, does it take longer? Absolutely. You know, and, and once in a while, you know, we're fortunate and blessed enough to, you know, see individuals that come to us that are a nice, happy medium of both. And, you know, you can kind of move forward. And, and we've been, we've been blessed with that where individuals have come to us and, you know, they've, they've had, you know, 10, 15 years of police experience, but they're, you know, obviously into and invested into the ministry side of it. So from that piece, it, it just makes a lot of sense that, um, 
you know, when we talk about somebody being trainable or teachable, you know, what is their, what is their attitude like, you know, when you do a, when you do a training for your entire team, are they sitting there, you know, with a scowl on their face, with their arms crossed, hunched over, they can't, they can't be there. They can't be learning. They can't be listening. They're just basically sitting there because you told them that they have to do this training. Or is it something where they're interacting with people, they're trying to learn, they're trying to better themselves and, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of the, I don't know, that's kind of the situation. Yeah, I, I think the teachable piece, I think is, is one of the big ones is I feel like there can be folks that come in and even with all of that years of experience, have that teachable spirit and still willing to learn and willing to adapt to the vision and mission of the church, even though they have that response experience. And I think that's what makes a really great member of the team. And then the training piece is that builds over time, the different types of response uh, scenarios that you might be prepared for, the types of risks that your church may have based on the, the demographics, the location, um, all sorts of different pieces that lead to your risk profile. There's, there's a difference there, but uh, I like the idea of having a teachable spirit and the idea of always training, I think also instills the fact that even, even those that come in with lots of experience or like James and I have been doing this for a long time, you know, it's having a, a humble heart and, and approaching it with saying, I don't know everything, I can keep getting better and I will keep going and doing more training because I pick up something every single time. Um, I have, there's episodes here. I mean, I'm, we're always picking up stuff from each other and especially from our guests. We bring on these guests, not just for the audience and for y'all, but really from a standpoint that we're learning from them as, as much as you all are as, at the same time. So that, that, that teachable element is, is key and really is part of the life cycle. So diving in um, specifically into the, the, the six phases, um, James, why don't you start with kind of the foundational element and, and very quickly just, just hit on that foundational element. Sure. So foundationally in, in, uh, Mike mentioned servant leadership and that we have the book on that. So servant leadership has 10, basically 10 attributes. And that connects back to, uh, the humility that, that Mike talked about having a ministry mindset and then an, an attitude of gratitude. So applying realistically applying, uh, practical steps from servant leadership. A lot of folks have, have reached out and said, you know, well, how do I, what leadership model should I use? Well, you know what? We've we've tied this back into servant leadership because the best example of that was <laughs> Jesus Christ, and so you know when we look at that, it's easy to see uh, and easy to extrapolate some of the the things that he has um, done in his ministry and try and emulate that and and bring it into ours as well. So um, that's really the the foundation of it. So I'll I'll toss it back over to you. Um, I think you're going to start yeah. on vision. <laughs> yep. I'm going to go into vision is the next one. And really what that is, is having a vision for your team, uh, putting that out there and making sure that you are planning for the future and shape your circumstances. You really want to have unity with the mission and vision of your church. Absolutely. And, and vision really is the, is the wheels to the church's mission. So vision accomplishes mission the mission of the church, uh, because you're actually putting your best foot forward and, and, uh, working on that. So next we have engage, uh, and really what engage is doing is connecting the mission of the church with the vision. So you kind of, in all of these, there's a little bit of an overlap backwards and forwards. Um, but essentially we're connecting with the individual. Um, we're explaining the expectations, it, you know, projecting the outcomes, understanding, involving that person and, um, and trying to build again, a, a solid foundation to drive them as a volunteer in their, in their service. Absolutely. I mean, you're really kind of prioritizing your volunteers and putting them first, putting them ahead of you. You're acknowledging their contribution. You're, 
you're investing in them to make them better. That's the engagement. They're, you're reaching out to them beyond the tasks and you're really taking a personal interest in, in your team member. You're understanding, hey, what's going on in their lives. You're, you're as much discipling them as you are anybody who walks through the doors on Sunday morning. So you take that duty to kind of be accessible, to build and sow into your team. And, and really, it also picks up as to um, going through the process of recruitment. When you're trying to add mm -hmm. uh, members to your team, recruiting is all about engagement. It's identifying the right characters, the, the right character traits and people that may be a good fit for your team, but then it's going out and engaging them. So engage covers uh, um, a lot about that recruiting. And in fact, uh, of the books, uh, engage is actually our largest uh, within the life cycle. So there's a lot there to unpack. Um, and it kind of talks really about that culture that you're trying to establish on your team because it requires tending to like a crop or it will die. For sure. And that, that kind of also goes back to what we said. There's, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> you always gotta be looking at something. Um, so the next one, <clears throat> excuse me, the next one would be equip. And typically, uh, again, that's equip is pretty, pretty large of a book as well. Um, but when we, when we talk about equip, we're going to talk about spiritual, mental, and physically, um, how do we, how do we equip not only ourselves, but how do we equip the folks that we're serving with, uh, to be successful and not, it's not just to be successful to accomplish the, the ministry aspects of church safety and security, but it's also how do we, how do we help them? We're leaders and we're leadership in, in the church, in this ministry. So how do we help them be successful in life? And being successful in life doesn't mean that we have all the answers and I, I'm not going to pretend that we do, but you know, it's building, it's building that companionship. It's building the camaraderie of, you know, again, being there to support each other and do life together so that, you know, you have that opportunity that if something goes south, that you have an individual's individual or individuals that you can rely on, lean on, because we all know life is hard and, you know, being, being a Christian is that much harder, right? It's, it's never, it's never been promised to us that, following Christ would be easy. In fact, quite the opposite. So realistically, you know, we want to do the best we can to pour into the lives of the people that are serving with us so that they can be effective. Uh, but it's not just about being effective in that, in that ministry, because here's the thing too, if we're not actively looking outside uh, and this is where some of the generational and cultural pieces come back in. But if we're not actively looking outside of just the task, the physical task, um, that person is going to get burned out and they're going to leave without a doubt. Um, I mean, there's just no way that you can motivate someone um, just continually asking them to do the task without engaging with them and discipling them. Um, mm -hmm. They're just going to get tired of it. And yeah. I'm, I think we all all would. I mean, I know I would. <laughs> so exactly. Well, and often too, there the you got to make sure that equip is really about uh, making sure they have the right skills, the right uh, preparation, uh, and really that's that's your opportunity to onboard the folks that you recruited. So again, you've casted you cast a vision. You've identified that you need to add to your team. You've recruited and engaged them. Now you need to equip them. So you'll go through that onboarding and preparation process. But equip is also about making sure, again, they have the right tools to do the job. So yeah. you want to, in order to truly make sure that your, your volunteers feel like they're in the right ministry, that they're doing the right job, you need to make sure, make, make sure they have those skills, help, not just right. necessarily upfront, but make sure they have those skills and the tools to do the job. Otherwise you're kind of setting them up to fail. And, and on top of that too, we also talk about, and, and for sake of time, I don't want to, to go down uh, the rabbit hole too much. But we also talk about working through when you decide that someone isn't right for that ministry and how to be gracious with them and remove them 
from that. So, you know, you're, you're investing in this individual and you realize, Hey, you know what, this probably isn't the, the best ministry for you. Well, that's we talk important. about that too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, the idea that not everybody's going to be that fit, not everybody's going to stay for years. Um, there are people that may serve for a season and serve well. They may be people that come in thinking that that's a fit for them and 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 disappear. Um, we hope that it's maybe longer than the the story James shared in the beginning of the the target training. But at the same time, there are folks that don't fit, and as a result. We try to help show them another opportunity, find a fit for them. We don't want to push them away from the church, but we do want to acknowledge that, hey, this this ministry requires a certain attitude, a certain aptitude uh, and an ability, if you will. And there's there's a point where that just doesn't always mix. So feeding into now you got somebody with the right skills, you've onboarded them. Well, the the nature of having a solid team is just like we covered in the in the four pillars, always training. So train is one of the next uh, uh, phases in the life cycle in that you need to always be training. So you need to invest into the physical training of your team, the, the, the mental health of your team and training what working with that for themselves is, working with mental health of others, working through the spiritual needs of, of others. Um, uh, and I've picked up in a book, uh, one, one book, I can't, I'm blanking on which one it was off the top of my head now, but uh, people have referred, uh, Kevin Robertson is the, is the author, refers to it as EGR, extra grace required. And I, I just feel that captures such a, a good sentiment about the folks that we sometimes may deal with in a safety and security capacity. So you can run scenarios and training drills until you're, you're blue in the face. We'll never end a possible scenario to run, a possible training, whether that's tabletop or physical to run. So training is a continual process for ourselves, but training is, is certainly key for your team. But you want to have that humble and teachable spirit back to that fat acronym we talked about up front and avoid the pride and complacency that can set in. For sure. So beyond train, uh, we also have retain and again, that, that kind of connects back to what we said earlier. Um, you know, why evaluating why someone is not happy, why, um, why they might, what, what motivates them, what engages them, why they might be looking at leaving and going to another ministry. You know, if you have a few folks that are all of a sudden saying, you know what, I just, I've decided that this is just you know, too much for me. And, and I'm going to go work over here in this ministry. Um, you know, people can leave and people, people have life schedules that change all the time. Yeah. Um, never get mad because somebody decided to leave, right. but you should be asking almost doing like an exit interview and asking, well, well, why are they leaving? And not, not asking it with an open heart and an open mind, not to be upset, but to say, okay, is there something better that we can do? Um, yep. Because, you know, a lot of times leaving, we, I mean, we both seen it and we both been there where scheduling is probably one of the number one reasons that people leave because they feel like they're overscheduled. Um, so how can we adjust that? How can we think outside the box and fix that? Um, but how do we learn? How do we connect with that person? Um, that's really what retain is about. That's a big part of the feedback cycle is you want to make sure that they're being heard, that you give them an opportunity to do so, not just when they're literally stepping out of that ministry, but on a right. continual basis. And honestly, there's even value in seeking feedback from those that previously served. There's a lot of legacy knowledge on many teams across the country and, and the world that they've reached a point where they're deciding to hang it up and retire from this type of ministry. They've been doing it 10, 15 years, and they're they're choosing that, you know what, it's a different season of life. It can be uh, physical elements, that, that mobility, and otherwise they're choosing that it, now is the time to kind of step back and, and kind of give the next generation a chance. Well, it's important that we even listen to them and seek their input on a continual basis. The value they can contribute as an alumni can help sew into the other members of your team and help with that training. But also it shows that says, hey, 
we value these people long enough to keep them. And even after they've retired, there's still value to them because they can sew into this team. For sure. And then finally, the last one is actually renew and it addresses concerns with um, really understanding how uh, to mentally, physically, and spiritually uh, encourage someone and build them up and, and um, motivate them, but also not even really motivate them really, like I said before, pour into them and make sure that they're, that they're okay. Um, and that they have a, a period of, of uh, healing and recovery. Uh, because again, a lot, it requires, the ministry requires so much. And, um, you know, oftentimes I, I reflect again, I, I go back to the example of Jesus and his ministry that over 41 times Jesus, um, through the gospels actually withdrew and pulled himself out of ministry very specifically to actually, you know, have solitude and recharge and renew. And to me, that's, that's a perfect example. Absolutely. There's so much there that I, I really look at renewal as kind of recharging, refueling, resetting, a whole lot of re's that you can kind of apply there. This is really yeah. one where it can be the acknowledgement of, hey, I need a break this Sunday. Uh, my heart's, my head's not in the right spot, or I need a couple of weeks off, or I need a month, or maybe, you know what, I'm going through a season right now that it is just better for me, better for the mission of the church, better for this team. If I step back and, and many come back, but there's also a point where there's a point of time where it's time to pass the torch so that we must be strong enough to, to run the race until we can hand it off and be that person that is uh, having somebody who's ready uh, and has been invested into as part of the life cycle all along so that they can step into those shoes. They can enter well as you leave well. So it's all about kind of uh, building that clarity, building that that freshness to either step back into the fight and continue or to step aside and let the next one step in. For sure. And we are pretty much out of time. So <laughs> we could uh, we could probably keep going for another hour on some of this stuff, honestly. Well, we, we could but... and we do in some of our conference uh, topics. Oh, about, absolutely. About this very piece. <laughs> but you'll, it is key is that, A, we talked about it in the first book, uh, Shameless Plugs, yes. Uh, but there's so much there that you can't cover all of the six steps plus the foundation plus a lot of the background, you can't cover it in one little book. So sure. that is why you see the series over my shoulder. It, we've, we've uncovered all of the, the, the foundational step, the servant leadership, vision, uh, equip, engage. Those are the ones that we've published so far. We're feverishly working on train. The next one, we, we took that break to put out the four pillars that we covered at the beginning of the show. Um, uh, that was a, a detour we didn't know we were going to do, but uh, God ordained. So, uh, and very fitting and very, very key to building the on, on that foundation. So you'll For see sure. train next, that retain, and then of course, renew um, as well. But if, if that renew topic really jumped out at you tonight and you really felt like, hey, I'm in that season, or I need to, I need a little bit of a recharge, uh, pick up the coming back book because there's a lot of really good gold nuggets in there that will help you in that season. Absolutely. And, uh, we still have wrapping up. We still have tickets available for the conference in O'Fallon, Missouri. You can pick those up for you and your team at churchsafetyconference.com. That connects to their website. Uh, I believe it's $59 a person, but there's a lot of, of team discounts. And that also includes one uh, a one-day conference and uh, lunch and as lunch. well. Yeah. Lunch is included in that. And we're going to be talking about all of these where Mike and I will be going through. We'll be talking about uh, 10 steps to starting a team, the ministry life cycle, the foundation, uh, four pillars foundation we talked about. And then also uh, we're going to have um, John Riley will be there with general response talking about de-escalation tips and uh, Dwayne Harris from Full Armor Church will be there. And um, so it'll be a great day. You don't you don't want to miss it. 
Um, one thing I do want to mention real quick, and you can reach out if you're interested, you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. Um, but we are running a, uh, a promotion donation promotion right now. And that is, uh, to essentially, uh, any donation that we receive over $50, um, you actually will get a copy of the brand new war ready, uh, two, I'll put that on the screen, um, that just came out and, uh, you'll also actually get a challenge coin. I've got one of those too, somewhere if the camera picks it up. <laughs> um, and that's exclusive. We only have a few of these, uh, but uh, we're doing that fundraiser at the moment just to, to drive, um, drive some extra income to help pay for the conferences and everything else that, that we do on a regular basis. So uh, until next time, we appreciate you hanging out with us. So take care. God bless. If there's anything we can ever do to help you, please feel free to reach out through our website. So until next week, take care. God bless. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by twowayradiocenter.com, a Motorola value added reseller. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast, brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams. Join the discussion online and connect with us on social media. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. Remember, keep a servant's heart a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.